The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hi, I'm Carrie Charles. Thanks so much for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. Every now and then, someone comes along and transforms and disrupts an industry. I'm talking to one of those people today, Iyad Tarazi. He is a wireless industry visionary who empowers people to lead and innovate with passion. Iyad is the president, CEO, and co-founder of Federated Wireless. Thank you, Iyad, for being on the show with me today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So, Iyad, tell me about your journey in telecom. You've been in telecom for so many years, and you have quite the journey. And also talk a little bit about the creation of Federated Wireless. Sure. I mean, I think the time I joined wireless, it was the growth years, right? Back in the 80s and 90s, very late 80s, early 90s. Everybody wanted to build a wireless network. Everybody wanted to figure out how to get a handset working on this brand new world, right? And so I joined Nextel. I ran the R&D function for Sprint. And then later on, at one point, I was, I think, sitting in a plane in an airport somewhere in Asia. And I said, I think I need to do something different. (laughs) It was probably the number of miles, I think, at that point. And then I started, I went from a team that had a budget of a couple of billion a year, a couple of thousand people into, let's start from zero and figure out how to do something completely different. So I joined a couple of scientists who were beginning to rethink the entire spectrum model and how it changed the wireless industry. And we started with two people. Wow. And that was the beginning. And that was back in 2014. The story behind Federated is a couple of scientists who were working inside the Pentagon, and they were quite experienced in telecommunications, quite published PhDs. And they were trying to figure out a way how to create a software model for making spectrum available. Today, the spectrum availability is really limited because you either all have it or you don't have it. And so they decided that if there's an Airbnb model for spectrum, then everybody will win because everybody's sitting on all these empty rooms in their houses and spectrum is so different. And so they've created the idea, published some papers and said, can someone come help us make it real and find the right talent who want to create this new industry. And certainly I was the first one to join. So tell me about your your product, your service, this thing called, do you call it CAS? Connectivity Uh, as a Service? (laughs) CAS, I love it. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, it is a Spectrum as a Service model. It is a cloud-based set of APIs that you can tap into to be able to get in under a second, you can get access to Spectrum. And you can do with it whatever you want to do. And it comes with all of these big open ecosystems, iPhones that work on the spectrum. It's called CBRS, Citizens Broadband, Radio Spectrum by the FCC. And we have equipment makers. We have over 200 companies participating in it, including people like Google and Amazon and Dell and Verizon and Timo and Comcast and Charter and a whole bunch of others. 
And everybody's really after one thing, cheap spectrum that you can use to create new business models. So tell me more about your partnership with AWS and Microsoft and how that came about and the benefits. Sure. The model that we've created from day one was an enablement model, which means that let's create a product that others can take, put inside their business plans to make their business plans better. If you're a carrier, you can use it to get your network to be faster, cheaper. If you're a cable company, you can give your customer access to services you don't have. If you're a small rural operator, you can use what we have to get into the same service level as carriers do, et cetera. And so at one point in time, we basically were trying to figure out all the different uses. And we were trying to figure out how to prototype a high-definition camera. And we got in touch with the Amazon team about two years ago, and they're quite innovative, the AWS team, and said, hey, why don't we create a training class in our next upcoming show in Vegas and see if we can convince about 100 engineers to take this high-definition camera and run it on the spectrum and see if we can download videos and recognize images and do all that automation. So it sounds really good. How many weeks do we have to train people and get them to become network engineers. And they looked and they smiled and said, we're going to train them in the class. So they walk in not knowing what they're doing. By the time they walk out, the cameras are working and they become image processing and telecom experts. Can we do that? And so we went about and we were able to pull it off. And from there, we started thinking, okay, there is something to combining all of this cloud automation and AI and high definition cameras and sensors with this simple spectrum model and all the equipment to go around it. And we announced earlier this year, a connectivity as a service model where you can buy it with one click on the marketplace. I describe it similar to buying shampoo from Amazon, but in this case, you're buying connectivity to help you to run your business better. It's early stages. There's still a lot of work to be done, but clearly a lot of promise. So discuss the applications for enterprise and Do you provide Wi-Fi? Are you competing with the carriers? We help everybody and we don't compete with everybody. That's the good news. We're an enablement company. So the best way to describe the model that we created is that for a lot of customers, especially enterprise customers, they'd like to get to this private wireless business. They've heard so much about private 5G and how it works. I would describe it all these ads where robots are taking care of other robots using 5G networks. And they want some of that, but it comes with uh, specific requirements for them. They want it to be secure. They want it to be under their control. They want it to be truly private. They want to be able to do the programming in it. And so what we went about creating is a simple connectivity model that anybody can use and embed in their solutions. And it doesn't run across from Wi-Fi. It runs separate from it. So if you have a big warehouse, you have a lot of Wi-Fi in it but you really want to get some high-definition cameras, you don't want to mess up your Wi-Fi, you can use our solution to get brand new spectrum that's simple, that's cheap. You can run the cameras. You don't have to disrupt your business, but you're not replacing the carrier. You're still using carrier services for handsets and so on. We're very, very focused on automation, on IoT, on simplicity, on cloud integration. And we think there's a lot of room for IoT-driven private networks that enterprises can control. So how are you keeping the network secure for your customers? You mentioned security. Sure. The number one rule of security is that if you don't let anybody else touch it, probably it's secure, right? (laughs) And so what CBRS does is that the spectrum is yours as an enterprise. It's completely your spectrum. 
and you don't have to connect to any other network. You don't have to borrow spectrum that's used by Wi-Fi by other users or by a carrier. And so you get your own little private protected spectrum and you get equipment that only works on it and you can decide not to connect it to anything outside of the factory or the warehouse. And then on top of that, you get all of the security layer that come with 4G and 5G, which is pretty highly secure. The combination is an isolated network that's under your control, that you're the only one that manages the software for it, and it has all the security built in. So that's quite as private and secure as you get with private networks. So let's switch gears a bit and talk about federated wireless. I was looking online and I found some reviews from your, mm-hmm. your employees and your team members. And it was shocking because they were all so amazing. And I really wanted to talk about one in particular that said, I simply love working at Federated Wireless. Everyone makes an impact. The team is intelligent and creative. Everyone is passionate about changing the wireless market by applying the shared resource concept to Spectrum. This is something to be so proud of. And I know that you've created such a special culture at Federated. Can you talk a little bit more about that culture? Sure. That really is my true passion. It's not actually creating the products and services. It's creating an environment I want to work in. I think that that's probably the best way to describe it. When we started the company, we looked and said, a lot of us are quite experienced. We come from years and years of different diverse backgrounds because The first thing I wanted to do is make sure that the team is diverse in terms of knowledge, in terms of carrier, enterprise, different backgrounds, different styles of working, different thinking models, different geography. And then after that, we asked ourselves, so what is the right environment for that? How do you actually preserve that knowledge? To actually change the world, if that's what your goal is, you have to start with knowing as much about it as you can. To simplify, you have to know too much. So you have to bring a lot of diverse knowledge to simplify And so the ability to attract different knowledge was really important. And the first thing we did is said, we must be fully transparent. So we take transparency to death. There is no levels in terms of access to information. There's almost no information in the company that every employee doesn't have access to. And every decision gets shared at least once a week in a town hall. And we treat everybody as same level. I haven't seen the org chart since I started. There is really no org chart. We all are one level of people. We all get to see the same information. We all get to weigh in equally in all decisions. And we all get to do whatever we want to do to actually steer the company where we want to go. We end up having incredible debates back and forth. And some of it feels like, oh, my God, what did I get into? These these people are just way, way too honest with each other. But it really is part of it is a very detailed focus on conflict management in a healthy way. And that's done through a lot of 360 reviews, a lot of open dialogue, a lot of surveys, a lot of what we call coffee shop chatter sessions, where every employee attends one of these at least every three, four weeks and gets to ask whatever on their mind. And all of us are accessible. And you also have to be as sort of leader and as leaders, you have to be open for all of the criticism and all of the input that you can get. So I describe almost every staff meeting like a board meeting in terms of the level of openness and discussion. But that's really what it has to be like. It is not easy, but it really what creates the environment. That's what keeps us going. You have to set goals that are real, but also really, like I said, life-changing. And you also have to create an environment where everybody's the boss. So creating that environment 
What results does that produce for, for the company? We operate at a speed that I've never seen, right? We're able to move every week for us is a, is a month or a year for other companies that are maybe in a more stable business environment. So we can reiterate really quickly. The most important thing a startup can do is to try things very fast and learn. We're in the business of learning. All startups are in the business of learning because whatever you get into, you don't know the answer until you try it. If you actually knew the answer, if you're just coming in to replicate what a big company is doing, then all you're, you're not going to win. You don't have any of the advantages. You have to come up with new ideas. You have to find out what is this new spectrum model going to do, how to use it, how do you create an 80% drop in unit cost, how do you speed up deployment, how do you create new access to new people, how do you adopt new technologies, all that requires very, very fast learning. So ultimately, speed is, is the most important piece and speed in a productive way. So we're able to learn quickly. We're able to forget quickly what didn't work. We're able to debate quickly. And that is the wheel you want to ride. So, you know, in six months, you're better. In 12 months, you're better. You're using limited resources, but you're using them incredibly efficiently and fast. And then your partners look at you as an innovator. They're like, okay, we can learn from them. They're an advisor, they're a helper. Please come every other month and tell me what you learned. We're happy to do it. Because you guys learn in two months what we can't find everywhere else. That's great. That gives us access. That gives us support. That gives us a network. Yeah. So you have to move fast and you have to be able to learn quickly and you have to be able to forget quickly. And you can't do that if you don't have transparency. You don't have the thick skin to deal with all of the feedback and you don't put the tools in place, which is educate people what environment you're in, educate people how to debate, educate people how to get feedback, educate people what good is bad. All of that is required. But you end up with a wonderful environment. So you're always exhausted, but you're always thrilled. I think that that's my goal. I love that. Always exhausted, always thrilled. That sounds like my life. So it, it sounds like the secret sauce to your success has been culture and your team. What do you look for when hiring in the way of soft skills, let's say? Sure. There are, I think, three predictors of success for us. And we, let me also mention that we have a very, very low churn rate, even for a startup, because ultimately every employee, we best send them day one, and we want them to be around forever. So there is very few people that end up coming in and maybe not connecting with us. We don't subscribe to the model of try, and then if you don't like, start over, because that's very expensive and very unproductive, and it, it's counterculture. So uh, we start by hiring someone who is, number one, is able to have mental agility. If you love learning, and love learning means you're not the expert, that is, expert is not really important, to be honest, but you're able to learn and you're able to adapt because every month you have to learn something new. You'll, there's never a status quo, ever. It's really, we get paid for learning, so that's number one. Number two, the ability to have the proper emotion and intelligence to read the crowd around you be able to make the mental connections and the social connections. Because in this model, no decisions get made through hierarchy or level. When everybody is on the same level, you have to build coalitions nonstop. You're always building coalition. You're always recruiting people to support your ideas. You're always defending your ideas. You're always on the defensive. If you think it's my job to do X, but somebody doesn't like it, you'll never win that argument ever. Because we don't allow that to happen, that sort of complacency. So you have to be able to build the networks to support your ideas and explain them. And then the last piece is you must have systems thinking. 
to simplify the world, you have to understand all the complexity. You have to understand the seven things it took when you build the first electric car. And to make it so much simpler, you have to understand everything that goes into a gas car so you know which pieces to take out. And that's no different in the business we're in. We have to understand everything that an enterprise and a carrier and a Wi-Fi and a spectrum provider, right? And all of the pieces that come into building these complex networks that we're taking and removing about 80% of it and putting it back together. So you have to understand all the pieces in order to figure out what to take out. So these are the three most predictors of success for us. So has anything changed in your plans for 2020, let's say, or even 2021 due to COVID-19? Sure. I mean, everybody else is dealing with it. For us, the strategy has not changed. The direction has not changed. The customer has not changed. But every one of our customers is dealing with different ways of handling COVID-19 and we're reacting to it in different ways. So we're just basically putting different weights on different customers and different models But I would say the three big things that are happening because of COVID-19 that we're seeing them across the board is number one, broadband is becoming really valuable. And it's a much better understanding that there's not enough broadband in the U.S. 30% of the U.S. doesn't have proper broadband. So many areas don't have enough competition. This spectrum is very valuable for broadband services. That's just showing up in all the deployments we're doing. A lot of them are broadband and a lot of future broadband, number one. Number two which is a bit surprising for me, but it's really true, is that we're evolving as a country into an industrial policy type business model for 5G, where the government is really helping either in funding telehealth or in promoting specific 5G technologies or participation from Navy and Army and DOD in creating innovation around 5G and being early adopters or infrastructure funding that might come in. So the government is actually helpful quite a bit in promoting innovation. That's quite a change from, say, four or five years ago or 10 years ago when we would discuss policies, but there wouldn't be the kind of active engagement into day-to-day funding. So the government has moved from being an R&D shop into a pilot enterprise customer for 5G. And that's a big change in the environment that we're all dealing with. And that government doesn't have to be just DOD. It is local municipalities, it's school districts, it is hospitals. All of the public sector has become a leader now in technology, and that's really a big deal. The third piece that happens in any time there's a big disruption is whatever the trends are, they move faster. So there was definitely a trend to move to the cloud, and we're seeing that now move much more aggressively. Cloud automation, a lot of components are moving to the cloud, a lot of edge boxes moving to the cloud because it's simpler, cheaper. You know, a year from a year ago, people would say, I want to be a little bit more risk averse, right? I want to take my time. Now it's like, hey, I need to do this. Let me really move forward. I need to save the cost. I want to provide automation. I want to make sure that my retail store can handle half the employees. I want to make sure I automate more of my warehouse. I want to make sure I move my security to automation with cameras. So if nobody's in the store, I can watch what's going on. All of these trends are beginning to happen for sure. Okay, so full steam ahead. (laughs) <laughs> yes, no question about it. <laughs> Let's go. So what type of roles are you as federated wireless hiring for, let's say, 2020, 2021, and beyond? Like what types of skill sets? Sure. By far, the number one skill set we need, uh, continue to need, is cloud development engineers, software developers that work on cloud technologies, work on AWS or work on Azure 
or do DevOps or any of these sort of buzzwords. That's by far the most important to us. And we'll continue to work really hard to attract the best talent we can. But some of the newer things that are really beginning to change is that the sales model is changing, product models are changing. Now you're you used to talk about things, people that are called sales engineering and product development, all of that. Now you describe things that are called solutions engineers. Now you describe things like customer success engineers, architecture developers. So what's happening in the sales and product and marketing is these, these skills now have become far more technical in this new world. And so you're beginning to look for blends now. I am a really, really good engineer that understand how boxes come together, but I really like to work with customers. Well, you're probably our best sales engineer, and we'll call you a solution architect, and we'll let you go ahead of the sales team in some of them. We have some in, in these cutting edge areas we're working in. I frankly, customers don't return calls sometimes for salespeople, but oh no, it's incredible. So they never return calls. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah so we're do. beginning you're, to create you're absolutely right. knowledge. Yeah, so I think I would call it the new sales model we're hiring for, which is technical slash product, technical slash marketing, technical slash sales, technical slash architecture. I think that would be a big driver for us. And we will also continue to look for people that do operations roles. We differentiate ourselves by having carrier type operations support for cloud technology. The combination of the two is very powerful. I want carrier support, but I want to buy cloud. And so we continue to look for people that are really good at running Knox and doing support and performance management and logistics and all of that. That's still quite valuable, and we look for that. So it sounds like that Federated Wireless is a phenomenal place to call home. And I'm sure there's quite a few of our listeners and viewers who want to know how do I find out more about Federated Wireless, the careers? Where do I go? On our website, we have all the links you need and we have all the listings, but don't worry about the listings. Just reach out to me if you want as well. Anybody from the Federated Wireless team, the best way to reach us is LinkedIn. <laughs> Just search for Federated Wireless LinkedIn and any of us will be more than happy to talk to you anytime. I'm always there. And so is my entire team. As a matter of fact, I do more communications with my team through LinkedIn than I do through email. You're absolutely right, Ed, because that's how I reached you and you were responsive. Thank you so much. You say that some customers don't get back. You get back to people and Federated is different. So thank you for that. That's why we have you on the show today. And I truly appreciate you coming on. It has been not just informative, but, but so exciting to hear what's coming ahead. And thank you for all you're doing in the wireless industry to take us to the next level. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Very good. Thanks, Iyad. Be well. You too. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.